Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Bash Mania podcast. After a little layoff, we'll get into the podcast. We'll talk about why. But this podcast is brought to you by our great friends at Attack, A-T-A-C, Attack, where video game stats meets real-life training. Do you know your attack rating? Put in the work to get closer to your goals. Attack is like a fitness app. It is a fitness app. It's like having a personal trainer in your pocket. And you get these video game stats for strength, endurance, speed, mentality, agility, flexibility, all sorts of cool metrics that you can look at. And it's kind of like a video game. You can do workouts and try to increase your ratings, not only for the game, but for real life. These are scores that are based on real life metrics. So download the Attack app. It's built by wrestlers for wrestlers. ATAC Attack. Download the Attack app and get your attack rating. It's Bashamania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashamania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. We're back. Bash in the brain after a long, cold December where we did not get nearly enough shows in. Long December. <laughs> but we were talking about it beforehand, and we'll dive right in. First of all, I'm actually, I got to get this all set up. I'm at a new office I got, and I need to, like, I need to get it going. I need signs. Hey, paint. I didn't, I was sick. I didn't do a show for, like, two weeks, three weeks. You didn't do shows. Why, why didn't you do shows? Two reasons. One, my agency, Bash Solutions, has been busy beyond belief. Thank God. So busy. And that's always first priority. Secondly, though, and, and this is a big one, because I always try to make time for wrestling. It's a huge passion project. This year, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, because you're the brain. November and December <coughs> has felt like preseason. As soon as I get yeah. ready, and, and you know, as my relationships continue to build, I've gotten, I'm gun shy now to say, cannot wait for this matchup. Cannot wait for that matchup. Well, so now I start texting well, guys. And it's like, okay, on Thursday, I, I want to post this matchup's happening. Text so-and-so. Hey, are you competing? No, going to rest. No, coach is resting me. Yeah, I'm competing, but I don't think so-and-so's going. So yeah. it's like, okay, and, I, and I'm never going to force content. So it's like if if the show isn't there or if a match isn't happening, like I'm not just going to substitute with filler, yeah. you, you know? So it's like, yeah, I don't know. This November, December has felt like preseason to me. Well, it's certainly they certainly stopped wrestling. There's there's certainly in the last five years, the, the holiday tournaments have tapered off watered down um, they're, they're dead i mean and and, at, and the duels there's more people sitting than ever the holiday tournaments are like even i feel like we went through a couple phases where it went from an amazing tournament that you had to watch to okay you can't miss the finals to okay let's see what finals are really worth watching you know did you see some of the brackets that were posted um from midlands 15 years ago, like a 15 years ago, the eight placers. Uh, 
There were multiple national champs. There were three, four, five national champs in one bracket. Um, all Americans galore. Now, I mean, nothing like that. I mean, you're lucky if you have a couple All Americans at a weight. Yeah. And I mean, you had a couple of great tournaments, which I think, you know, when there was action, like we, I, CKLV was great. That did not CKLV disappoint, you know, and, and there's, there's a good match here, a good duel there, but the negative for me, from my standpoint of where I focus on marketing and storylines, the, the storylines overwhelmingly have been negative the first half of the season, you yeah. know, and it's like, there've been every time I feel like there's some good momentum, all of a sudden you have, you know, the, and it's tough too, because I know you're in the same position and you know, it's very easy to poo poo on people you don't have relationships with. It's tough when there's people that you even like Cornell, when they sat their guys at the, the last match of the collegiate duels, I wasn't trying to poo-poo on Mike Gray, and I think maybe his wife or somebody had said something like, listen, you know I'm an advocate for Cornell Wrestling. I love the program. Yanni's my guy. Like, I, th There's so many things that it, it makes it very hard to talk about it, especially in wrestling. Listen, but that's where, that's where I keep it real, right? Yeah. Because if if – there's a program that I don't have a relationship with and I criticize them uh, when they sit guys out or something. I, I need to, I need to criticize when my, my guys programs I'm really tight with. I consider myself pretty damn tight with, with Mike Gregg. Right. But I got to call it like I see it. If not, then what, what good it, I mean, I'm a phony then. I know. Right. That. And so, I know those guys were a little butthurt about it. I, I you know, I, I tweeted some stuff. Uh, I know Yanni probably didn't like like it, but um, I have to call it as I see it. And I think Yanni understands that because Yanni was no, cool about it. Yeah, Yanni does. Yanni's very much like we have a lot of conversations offline, obviously. And he's Yanni's somebody who can disagree with you and not take a personal. You like, know? like I said on uh, a show I did yesterday, I don't want for one second. I don't for one second believe that Vito Arujal is scared of any soul on this I planet. I am not saying he sat out because he don't want to take a loss or something. He, but he did sit out, right? He wrestled at one o'clock and didn't wrestle at three. And um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but you know, so. You know, that's kind of a long-winded answer to, you know, why I haven't done a show in a month is largely it's just it's due to, like, every time I get excited about something, it seemed like half of it didn't come to fruition. And yeah, you know, it, it's a real bad sign when, like, Earl at Intermet, he's like, hey, man, I wrote this article. Top 27, 27 tasty matchups or 27 juicy matchups this weekend. He's like, I'm a little scared to post it because – Seven of them won't happen. <laughs> I know. I told Earl, too, I, I think it's like it was either him or somebody. I'm like, you know, you have to do it and just add the asterisk. Like, hey, if these guys wrestle, this is what should happen. It's it's so becoming. Let me ask you this. Um, I have this proposal or for lack of a better term, proposal 
wherein the teams would designate a starter at the beginning of the year, right? And they could change it every so often, right? If this guy wins the spot. But you have a designated starter. You have your roster. You have four 125s, and you designate a starter, Cornell, Brett Unger, okay? And if Brett Unger does not go out against Cooper Flynn, Cooper Flynn, in his formula for seeding, gets a win over Brett Unger, and Brett Unger gets penalized in his formula seeding because he was a designated starter at the time of the duel, and he didn't wrestle, right? Tell me what's wrong with that. That solves, like, so much. I don't think I, – I agree with you, and I think that's a great idea. These coaches will never go for it because these coaches want the gamesmanship. So, okay, I, I get I get it. I but think it's a great some, idea. Some coaches would go for it. Some coaches would go for it. No, some definitely. wouldn't. But here's the problem. Here's the problem in that, and I've been I've been – I've been mentioning it a couple times, but I've been mentioning it more than ever now. Wrestling has a problem in that it's insular. And what I mean by that is you have the coaches making the rules to serve their benefit and not for the growth of the sport, not for the best presentation of the sport. They basically say, we're going to make the rules that bets best suits us and and gives us some latitude not not what's best for actual college wrestling well i don't think many of them care about what's best for college wrestling no you know what they care about they care about ncas and and i think that's largely because of contracts and the way contracts are structured incentives everything else that you know having national champs and having all americans and having yep. I, I'm telling you, though, if you had that designated starter rule, they'll be left ducking. That's for sure. Well, I'm curious, you know, so the point of the show is to and, kind and, of... And here's, here's, here's an example, too. If you had my system, there'd be less ducking, and I can prove it. Look at look at backside medical forfeits. There ain't as many. Well, the one... There ain't as many. The, the, the concept that I like is and i can't remember if you talked about this on your show yesterday i know we talked about it offline what sucks is not only does a match not happen that we really want but then you get let's say david carr goes out and texts somebody and he doesn't get that added incentive of the quality win that's right so that's so, pre precisely right and i a couple of weeks ago i tweeted Dayton Pitzer was scheduled to wrestle Nick Feldman. Nick Feldman didn't go. Next duel, Dayton Pitzer is set to wrestle Luis Fernandez. Fernandez didn't go. In a vacuum, right? I, I'm not blaming Nick Feldman for ducking Dayton Pitzer. I'm not blaming Luis Fernandez for ducking Dayton Pitzer. What I'm saying is you can't have a formula wherein you get rewarded for quality wins and then the quality opponents don't wrestle you. I know. And, and he got I screwed. He got screwed out of two opportunities. Well, and it's like, you know, it, part of it's just the game, but it was I like. Mean, what, what, name another sport, though. Name another sport. It, it, it gets really simple when you when you think about it like this. Name another sport where you can just not show up. 
Yeah. There's not a college. You know, Michigan. Uh, Michigan plays uh, Illinois, right? They're uh, they're they're ten and zero. They have Illinois, the la- the second to last name of season, and they have Ohio State. Uh, they're not going to play Illinois because they're going to rest up for Ohio State. I mean, it don't work that way. You you can't have a well. And- ba- there's never forfeits in basketball games. There's never oh we're putting a whole backup thing. The Brooklyn Nets just got fined for not playing their starters. The the other kind of qualm with it, and again, if somebody's injured, they're injured. I'm just talking about the problem holistically. Julian Ramirez beats David Carr at the Cliff Keen. You know David Carr wants that one back. Not only to personally win it, but end of the year, you're talking a very big difference of where guys are seated. And when you look at a weight like 65, David Carr being a two or a three or a four is a very big deal when you have returning national champ Keegan O'Toole as likely the one. So when David Carr now comes out to wrestle Ramirez at the Cliff Keen and it's Benny Rogers, that's, you know, like that stinks. And again, if Julian's injured, if whatever, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying in this, the system is skewed right now. And it's just the, it's a problem. Well, I mean, it's a problem. It's, the system, the formula is written in a way that allows for ducking, and the coaches are guilty of ducking. There's no incentive. Yeah. All right. Well, so the point of this show is to kind of recap the first half of the season, which we're kind of doing. We're talking more of the negatives, but we'll talk about some of the positives and then kind of look ahead. I want to get your thoughts. You know, here we kind of have. This gets fun now. You start getting all the conference duels next month leading into the conference championships. Then we get NCAAs, and we're going to roll right into the Olympic trials. So I feel like the doom and gloom of November, December is behind yeah. us. So yeah. first first things first, looking at the first half of the season, when you talk Hodge, this year has been so unpredictable. When you look at weights like 125, Guys like Ramirez getting win over Carr. Carter Strzok, next topic. So here's my question, though. I, I don't disagree with you, but when I've had this conversation offline, and people know, first of all, Carter's my guy. We're working on a website for him right now. I'm biased towards Carter. I like Carter. But Keegan O'Toole, 10-0, and 90% bonus, bumped up and took out Edmund Ruth, the number three, I believe, at 174. The argument's there for Keegan as well. Mm. I I lean Carter, but nine out of Carter ten. Just, Carter just destroyed Whitley. Matt Ogin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ogin. No, Starachi yeah. beat Whitley. Mesenbrink. Mesenbrink beat Ogin. Yeah. Starachi yeah. beat Whitley. Um, yeah, but... Uh, now, I, right, part of it is what they've done. Part of it is kind of projection. Like, I think Keegan's going to have close matches with a couple guys, right? I don't – who's going to give Carter Starocki a close match? Well, and that's why it's hard to do it because it's like, you know, Penn State has definitely – it's almost like Cal, being another wrestling brain, has kind of <sighs> seen the way things are going, and he's like, screw this. Why am I going to wrestle my guys November, December too much? Carter's got five matches, six if you count yeah. the exhibition, but five matches this year. You know, yep. and that's largely Penn State had what Lehigh and Hofstra in December, and then boom, see in January. So Carter's only got five matches, but I agree. At the end of the year, 
if Carter keeps his path, I mean, this is just bananas what he's doing. Um, and speaking of Carter and Penn State in that duel, it was refreshing, and I'm curious your take. Oregon State sets attendance record, 8,540 mm-hmm. people. NC State sells out the Reynolds Coliseum yeah. for the first time. Awesome stuff. I love seeing that. That is like for yeah. as many people, and, and even us, we're poo-pooing certain aspects. You know, I was talking to Mike Mock, one of the most nicest human beings in the sport, maybe nicest humans alive. He was saying, and even, you know, it started because he commented on my post, and he's like, his freshman year, they had like 100 people in the stands. Yeah. And I'm like, because yeah. this is what happens when you truly buy in and try to do this. Like NC State. Well, here's another thing, too. I mean, uh, I don't think that anybody sat. Right? Um, did anybody sit? I don't believe so. In the, in the Oregon-Penn State match, everybody was there. In the NC State-Okie um, State match, the only one that wasn't there was Cerber. I mean, those guys wrestled everybody in front of packed houses, which is the way she, that it should be. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that was um, Mitch Messenbrink, by the way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My gosh, does he look good. Penn State fan Golden Nugget. Uh, Facundo's going to Henry Delane next week. Excited to good. see how he's doing freestyle. Good. You know what? He's he's so good in freestyle. Very good. Very good. I mean, for the for you know, a lot of people say in his folk style has been a bit of a disappointment, commensurate with what his recruiting status was. You know, blue chipper. Um, but I mean, I think that's a fair point that people, you know, maybe he should have, could have was expected to do a little better a little sooner. But in freestyle, I mean, he had a really good open. I do think the Facundo criticism in part is due to high expectations at Penn State. Yeah. I think aside from, you know, last year he had his first loss was to David Carr, and then he lost a close one to Patrick Kennedy. Season-wise, I think for a freshman, that's a pretty damn good season. Now, the postseason – he kind of fell off and had a disastrous postseason. That could be for a number of reasons, but I don't think his season was that bad, especially like before the postseason. You take a, a decision loss 4-2 to David Carr and an overtime loss to Patrick Kennedy. Yeah, he wrestled really good there. Um, but he also kind of got screwed up because um, now he lost to Holden Heller, which – wasn't a good loss, but then his second match, Julian Ramirez lost first round too, right? And so, I, and, and again, like even the Big Tens, he lost to Bubba Wilson and Carson Karchula, one point yeah. match, a two point match. Like, but either way, like I still think part of this is because the expectations for Penn State are so high right now. Tell me what program doesn't want Facundo? You know what I mean with that kind of season? Yeah. Yes, he's got to do better yeah. in the postseason, but I think he's fine. I think people are worried about nothing with him. Um, so yeah, I did love to see the attendance high at some of these duels. I think we're, we're trending in the right direction at the same time. Yeah. He was 19 and two going to big tens. Right. That's pretty good. <laughs> he had a great season. This is postseason, you know, and you never know. Guys could be battling sickness, anything else. You know, he had literally a bad two weeks, big tens. He and beat all games. 
He beat Ogin. He beat Amin. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, dual meets. I, I love – I do love seeing the attendance, and that was incredible. I, I do it think, was. you know, where do you think in the second half of the season, dual meets, it's going to be very interesting. You know, you have – I don't want too much overlap because I know a lot of people listen to, to first word too, but you have Michigan sitting four guys, and they lose to South Dakota State. Mm -hmm. Do you think that is a non-conference thing that they're not going to let happen in the second half? Or do you think? I think that there is a difficulty. I think that there's a difficulty coming back from from break. And I, that that's what that's my gut feeling. My gut feeling is that there's a difficulty coming back from break, and that you got to get guys down, and they're not a hundred percent, and gonna give them rest. Especially Michigan's kind of old. Um. And I don't know. I got to. I'm going to do some legwork today, but I'm not sure on the status of Chris Cannon. Um, you know, he was dinged up earlier in the year. I, somebody told me that he might be done. And so I'm going to dig and look at that. So if that is the case, that's, that's a kid that didn't sit. He, he yeah. actually was hurt. And there's always um, more to the story. And I've always tried to be more and more careful with why guys aren't wrestling because, you know, I know, from kind of being closer with some of the Penn State kids, I, I'll know somebody has the flu or this or that, and as soon as mm -hmm. they don't wrestle, it's, oh, he's ducking so-and-so. or So, like, I understand that there's usually more to it, but yeah. do you think there's going to be more of an effort now that we're going to start rolling into conference duels? Absolutely. It, that's good. Absolutely. I think, we're, I think we'll see less uh, sitting, less ducking uh, when we get to conference duels. I think so too. I want to, I don't know about you, but I kind of real quick, um, I kind of want to go weight by weight and just get your thoughts on each weight kind of heading into the second half. You know, one of the, we, we were talking about beforehand. It's, it's funny because this trend, I do not like, I'll put a graphic, a tweet, a something that says somebody upset somebody and all the commenters well, that's not an upset. If you know, you know. Oh, that's not an upset. He could yeah, beat anybody. Yeah, yeah. Listen, if a, if a 10 seed beats a 2 seed, if a this, if a that. It's an upset. It's an upset. And by the way, it doesn't mean that's how the season's going to end. Like, right. everybody did it. I love Jacob Camacho. That kid is awesome. I like him a lot. When he beat Matt Ramos, it was an upset. I had said it was an upset. People started commenting. That's not an upset. Yes, it is. And now Camacho lost four straight. So it's yeah. like you, you can't just because somebody beats somebody say uh, the, the whole upset trend. It's not an upset. It's driving me nuts lately. Yeah. But all right, yeah. let's go through weight by well, weight. 125 is 125 is nuts. 125 is just absolutely bananas. Now, here's the thing. Um, the, the if we're doing recap preview for first half, second half of the year, the story at 125 was it's been a big ball of parody. The preview could be, are we going to see Dayton and Vito down? Would you think you are? Dayton's trying. Dayton, Dayton's going to see, yeah. I mean, Dayton's, Dayton's going to try. 
I mean, these guys got to make it eventually for the Olympic trials anyways. And if you slowly... Well, Dayton will Dayton will make uh, 57 kilograms. The um, issue will become, can he hold it that long? And so he's on his way down. And if he and feels for- good... Um, if he feels good, I imagine he, I would guess he would stay down. At, he would go down to 25. If it starts getting to be a struggle, maybe he'll come back up, uh, stay at 133, and then um, make 57 kilos when it's time. Yeah, and for casual college fans listening, Dayton and Vito are competing at 57 kilos at the Olympic trials, which is 125 pounds. So they're essentially that. I know some people were kind of confused by why would they drop. The answer is simply because Olympic year, there's We're no 61 kilos. Yeah. yeah. So that that's kind of the backstory um, as far as that. So, yeah, obviously if Dayton and, and Vito drop to 25, that makes it even more interesting. I think no matter what, 25 has been a W this year. I think seeing what these guys do and seeing how much parity there is and just kind of seeing – you throw all these guys into a tournament in March, and it is going to be very fun. I mean, I couldn't pick it. I couldn't. When was the last time you did a crystal ball update? I'm doing it this week. What What do you have? Do you have a? Do you have any inclination as to what you're going to do at 25? Well, I'm definitely going to have Dayton down there. I don't know if I'll have Vito. I think I'll keep Vito up because I just too much uncertainty. D- d- yeah. Dayton. Dayton weighed in way underweight at the NC State duel. So there's a piece of data. We have data. Like you yeah. don't you don't weigh in way underweight. Um, if you weigh in way underweight, you you there's you know evidence there that you're on your way down. So I'm gonna go Dayton at 25. I think I'll keep Vito at 33. I mean, you know the thing is that we've seen Vito at 25, and he's just not the same guy. Yeah. I mean, if you compare Vito at 25, very good. Very good. Vito at 33 last year. Monster. Lights out. But like breaker of worlds. Yep. Yeah. And I'll tell you, it's interesting too. Like from a seating standpoint, I think Anthony Noto could potentially go uncontested the rest of the year. I mean, you started yep. talking about, is there anybody that can challenge him in the Mac conference? Um, no. So, so Anthony Noto is ranked number one at one twenty-five, and he could the, finish that way, right? The only other guy that's ranked in the Mac is Blake West, who's thirty-one. Yeah. So, like from a seeding standpoint, that becomes real interesting because Noto could potentially finish the year undefeated. Now, his his biggest win might only be Jacob Camacho but now Noto has... only lost last year to Spencer Lee and Brandon Courtney at NCAAs like he's freaking good yeah so he, he has two uh, he, he has Blake West once that's the kid that's ranked from Northern Illinois 31 and he has uh, Tyler Klinsky from Ryder, who just beat um, Dean Peterson. Um, but the rest of the way, he should pretty much walk. 
Yeah. So you're right. Uh, Noto has a nice uh, path, nice path to getting the number one seed. Yeah. If so, where I was going with that, if Noto goes undefeated the rest of the year, and let's say he gets the one seed, do we end up seeing the fix veto two three? If <laughs> they went that. down, <laughs> that's possible. It's possible. Would that not be crazy if they both come down and then wrestle? You know, if they both went out and make it to the semis, and then we see that it, as a semi. It was funny because I had this light bulb moment. I was in um, Lincoln, Nebraska, and I was talking to Coach Manning, and uh, I was like, "Hey, there's some overture. There's some rumors floating around that Dayton's going to go 25." And he's like, "Really, really, really?" And I had this light bulb moment. I went, "Oh my god." Maybe that's why Vito hasn't weighed in, because if he weighs in, it messes with his descent plan. And I'm like, oh my god, maybe both of them are dropping. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was pretty. Uh, when, when you think about it, it's like one's dropping. Wow. Oh my god, maybe two are dropping. It would be interesting. I should just text Yanni and ask him right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> just make him make him go live and be like, listen, you're not. Nobody's listening, but yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we could see Noto the one seed, fix Vito the two. I, I don't know. You don't think? Well, no, I don't know. You don't think what? Well, Vito took a loss, but Fix hasn't. Could Fix go undefeated, drop, and get the one seed at one twenty-five? Um. Well. I don't know. A lot Anthony of hypotheticals Noto, in Anthony play Noto here. already has eight matches in at 125. Dayton Fix uh, has zero right now, right? Yeah. So, um, and plus, uh, Noto has big wins, whereas Dayton in the Big 12, well, I guess there's some good guys in the Big 12. You get Jory Volk, Noah Certain, Richie Figueroa, Steve O'Poolin. No, I'm sorry. Not Richie Figueroa. Jory Volk, Noah Certain, Steve O'Poolin are all top 12 guys. Yeah. So he could, he might have less matches, but he, he is, he might have more quality wins. I, just based on schedule alone, I think he's going to end up with more quality wins if things play out. So it'll be interesting. But there is a world where Noto gets a one seed and fixed veto could be 2 3. Insane. Which would be bananas. Insane. So, yeah, 25. And it's hard to kind of predict that weight, but I, I do think it's going to be fun. Uh, to how, about watch if you're, how about if you're Ryan Crookham and you're coming into you're coming into um, your first year, you're a freshman, you beat Vito, you ascend to number one in the rankings, and then... Um, Vito and Dayton leave the white class. And then we could end up seeing Crookham Nagao for a title. I mean, you know, if you're a freshman, you're like, oh man, I'm joining a, I'm joining a white class with Vito and Dayton. And then you're not. <laughs> right. Yeah. And by the way, and you get the win. <laughs> it's not yeah. like, it's not like they're out before he wrestles them. You know right, what I mean? Right. So, but if you're Crookham, he's won. Two and three are Vito and Fix, who might be leaving the weight. And number six, Chris Cannon, is 0-1 on the year and might be done. 
just a, a wacky. So right now, potentially at 133, 1, 4, 5, 7 might become 1, 2, and 3. Yeah. And 4. Which, by the way, this plays that veto long-term, because I want to win my bet with you, long-term, veto and fix dropping helps my odds. Because oh, that is big. Yes, Because yes, that that goes from a Crookham Nagao <clears throat> semifinal to potentially... To a final. Right. Nagao would have somebody like O'Ring or Cannon or Frost in the in a semi. Yeah, right? which, which obviously manageable. Correct. It's a lot more manageable. I was just gonna say, and Vito and Fix going down to twenty five, uh, we were not counting at any points at twenty five or having a finalist there anyways. So that kind yeah. of plays into things breaking my way a little bit. Yes, sir. So but 33, yeah, and 33 could could go from one of the, you know, a great weight to a weight where you have Crookham and Nagao as like the clear contenders mm-hmm. or Reen and Frost kind of right there, but then you drops off. I mean, drops then you start off. like if you remove Dayton and Vito from this, that's a terrible weight class. Right. And potentially Cannon, it's a terrible weight class because then you're looking at Crookham Nagal O'Ring, okay. Pretty solid. But then you have Evan Frost, Brody Teske, Dylan Shalver, Zeth Romney, Kolioko. It was Latona and Buzakis are way down at 12-13. But it's a terrible weight after that. But they're down at 12-13 because Latona and Buzakis have nine combined losses already. That's right. So, That's right. I mean... It's hard. It's harder to get excited for those names when they're dropping so many matches from a you know standpoint of you know big matches happening. So thirty three, you know, we could really see fall off mm-hmm. if we don't fix do drop, mm-hmm. which could be a ricochet shot of the Olympic year. Not could is if we don't fix go down. That is a one hundred percent ricochet shot of the Olympics having six weights and not ten. Yes. Yes, for sure. For sure. And, you know, I was thinking, like, if if they both go down, is it next topic veto date and final with the way that 125 has been so ho-hum? But, you know, the complications of making weight three days in a row. Well, I guess I guess really you know, it's only two days in a row because the third day you just got to make it and then you get eight hours to recover for the finals. But could but, it be yeah. a could it be veto fix semifinal next topic? Yeah, that too. Um, does like does their plans change if all of a sudden Noto takes a loss? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. No, I mean I think they do it. If they're doing it, they're doing it for the trials. They're doing it for the. It's because it's best for their body. Well, you know? we are in. I feel like we're talking about this forever, but. Counterpoint to veto dropping. Counterpoint, because mm-hmm. you said you said you had a piece of data. Yeah, I'm going to give you a counter piece of data. Okay. If veto was dropping, why would he not challenge Zane Richards for the Pan Am Olympic Games qualifier spot? Good question. It's a good question. I believe, and the only answer I can when have. Is that? 
Is that like it's the weekend before? It's very close to conference championships. But how much does Vito care about winning EIWAs again? Well, it it wouldn't it wouldn't be it wouldn't be. um, What's the date on it? I'm looking right now. And, And and by the same token, Dayton. Um. Let's see. Um. So you tell me what the date is, and I'll tell you what he has in college season on that date on that week. Well, EIWAs are March eighth and ninth, and then the right. Pan Am the Pan Am Olympic Games qualifier is the weekend before February twenty eighth and March first. That's why. That is your answer. They're not challenging because they're not because that would require. If you're going to challenge, you're going to go to the Pan Am qualifier. Correct. They're not going to do that. That's too much during the college season. Because I know the wrestle off is February third. Now I don't know if they set that wrestle off date. They did set that wrestle off date after they knew who was contesting. Because Gary had told right, me that so they February, didn't. Okay, so February 3rd. But they set that date after. They waited to see who was going to contest, how many matches, all that. And then said, okay, the only men's freestyle challenger is going to be Yanni challenging uh, Nick Lee yeah. challenging. Or Yanni challenging Nick Lee. That's the only one. And then they set the date. I don't know if the date would have been different had... Vito said, I'm going to challenge Zane Richards. Fair enough. Fair enough. But it is another date. And the last thing these guys need is another date. Right? So that'd be two, that'd be two times uh, wrestling freestyle in the middle of a folk style season. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it'll be interesting. All right. So 33 and 25, that kind of covers everything there. 41 has been been interesting so far. Because we've had some great matches already, and I feel like it's only going to get better because now, you know, the top, what, three at, at 41 are all Big Ten with Woods, Bartlett, Mendez. And now we're going to... Really I really like the way Mendez is wrestling. Same. I've been high on Jesse Mendez since, you know... Well, I guess but Woods is so crisp, man. I know he, Woods had a close one with somebody. Did Woods have a close one with somebody? Uh, Real Woods doesn't win a lot of matches with style points. Um, he went into yeah. overtime with Echemendia. That's right. That's who it was. And and that was, you know, his other top 10 match. I don't know if Echemendia was top 10 then, but his other top 10 match was Lachlan McNeil. He won 8-4. Mm-hmm. But Real has, granted, not against top guys, but he has I thought he got, against Lachlan. I thought... I thought yeah, I he thought eight four was not indicative. But real woods is very I've had this talk with Chenzo for a couple of years now. Because, you know, he's always told me real is a guy who's not gonna win a lot of style points. He's gonna go yeah. out there and he's gonna do what he has to do to win the match. And he's gonna do mm-hmm. that very consistently. So if you're just looking at dominance based on style points, you're likely gonna be deceived by what real does. No, I uh I think that's spot on. I, I am not enamored with real woods in that he puts up a lot of points. I'm enamored with real woods when he pulls the trigger 
he's about as crisp and clean as it comes. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Um, that being said, I think Bartlett gives him a tough match, and I think if there's, I, I mean, it's tough to call him a dark horse right now because he's ranked three in the country now. But uh, Jesse, right? They're the only thing. They're the Bo and Jesse are the only two I <laughs> think could derail the real Woods train. And it, it kind of stinks because we don't get Iowa Ohio State this year. So if we do see a Woods Mendez. Which, honestly, we might not see it unless Mendez can be Bartlett. Because I got to think if Bartlett and Mendez hold as the 2-3, that could be a Big Ten semi in the bottom with Real on the top. That's right. Because... Like um, Real Brock Hardy or something? Mendez has a loss to... Who did he lose to? Um... Mendez lost recently. Cole Matthews. Yeah. And so, as of now, you know, the Big Ten seating would go real Bo Mendez. Right. And then Brock Hardy, the four. Yeah. Now, Penn State went, although they have a head to head, right? Uh, real and Bo do. Right. So that could, that'll be settled. Right, that'll be settled. No, that's just if I'm saying the we we likely won't see real Mendez unless right. Mendez makes the finals. We're gonna see real and Bo. Correct at correct. the duel. Yeah. Now I want to say February second, Ohio State, Penn State. So that's where we'll get. Yeah. So Bo's gonna get Jesse Mendez February second, and then get Real Woods the following weekend. You know who's wrestling well, and, and like, and then Brock I'd Hardy two weeks after that. Bo Bartlett's you know, February man. You know who's wrestling well, and and like I like him and I like his family, but his wrestling has always left a little bit to be desired, in my opinion, because he wrestled so low scoring matches. But Mitch Moore, Mitch Moore is ten and zero right now, and he looks good doing it. Um, yep. I'm well, out there. that's what I was just going to say. Look at Bo Bartlett's February. He starts off February 2nd against Jesse Mendez in Ohio State, The fo- who's ranked number three. The following week, he has number one Real Woods when they take Iowa. The following week, he has Mitch Moore at Rutgers, who's 10-0. and The following week, he has Brock Hardy at Nebraska. <laughs> yeah. What yeah, a gauntlet. That's a run. 41's kind of fun. 41's very fun. Echemendi is a wild card. Real wild card. I mean, that's what I guess that's what I'm getting at is now I don't, I don't think by any stretch of the imagination Mitch Moore is going to make a run to the finals. But, uh, he could he could knock guys off in duels and mess up seating. He could cause an upset in a quarterfinal or or a round of sixteen. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, so th- this weight's going to be fun as we play out. That that Bo Bartlett gauntlet in February is, uh, and he didn't look that great this past weekend. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I said something about that on uh, the first word yesterday. I-, I get anytime a Penn State guy has a close match, it, to me, it's like that Spencer Lee thing. It's like, oh, oh. Oh, oh, I'm not. I don't think it's stock. something wrong with them. It's like no, I don't think no, so at all. Cleveland Belton's solid. Uh, 
yeah, you yeah. know, uh, Levi, whoever Levi wrestled, they're not going to bonus every time. Listen, I, mean, I like it. Really I, well, when I say, like, he didn't look that good this weekend, that I love Bo. That's just me being hypercritical because I want him to go yeah. out there and tech everybody. I like when a guy like Bo is challenged and he has to go out there, get an over, get a takedown in overtime to win. I like that. You you need those matches. You need those wins. So he started the year that way too. I think his first match was uh that Vince Cornella match where he went into overtime, took him down overtime. Well, you say about um, or no the finals. I think journey real real not putting up a lot of points, not winning with style points. Bo's the same way. Well, Bo has four pins this year. So oh come on. Four of his nine matches are pins. All right. That's great. <laughs> uh, hold on now. Hold on. Bear with me. No, I know where you're going. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yes, it does matter. Those people were Dante Frenzy? <laughs> Joe Fungaro? Rich Trainer, And Riley Halal? Hey, I want to say this, too, about Bo. Bo is inspiration for kids this nonsense that you have to to gain a large following on social and build your brand you need to be the icing on the cake bo bartlett has 167,000 instagram followers because he works hard on building his brand shout out bo bartlett love that kid um he's a best he told me some some funny stories. We we got coffee in um, Newark. He was on the show after that, too. We got coffee before Final X in Newark, and that was a blast. Some very funny stories. But, yeah, if you're not following Bo Bartley, you're missing out. He's, he's a great follow. Very um, informative, very entertaining. Follow Bo. I, mean, I knew it. The thing I like about Bo is he doesn't take himself too seriously. Yeah, you know he's not—he's not a guy that like puffs out his chest and I am special. Um, it's humble, funny, self-deprecating, and like, so, and he's super wicked smart. Yeah, very smart, very smart. All right, so forty, so forty-one is gonna be the last forty-nine. What is your mid-season thoughts on one forty-nine? Um, here we went from my bias with Bo to your bias with Ridge Lovett. Everybody's a fan of Ridge Lovett, but. I know those Huskers I, have a special place in your heart. For some reason, you know, Ridge Lovett seems to dominate. No, I shouldn't say dominate. He seems to wrestle better against better guys. Yeah. Um, you know, like he didn't bonus the kid from UNI. He didn't bonus the kid from, I don't know, North Dakota State or South Dakota State. But like, I mean, he didn't bonus Henson either, but... Um, Honestly, at this point in time, I mean, we saw him against Henson. Henson gave him a scare. Uh, I just, I, I just feel like the pick's Ridge. The Henson was the first time he's been tested in a while. You Henson's know, so damn good, man. We we talked about, I think before the season, maybe maybe before Cliff Keen, we had talked about that it's been a while. And we're gonna see where Ridge is. And I think Henson was the first time he was really tested back on the college mat with a great wrestler 
and he got the W. That, for me, I don't think you need those, quote-unquote, style points like we talk about. Yeah. I think when you can go out there, get that win, you know, he's 12-0 and on the year. I think Ridge, Ridge is... He, the thing, here's a, here's a thing about, um, and this is why, this is why I never buy those small schools in football. Like, when Cincinnati goes undefeated, back in the day when, like, Louisville would go undefeated, um... When Washington goes undefeated and gets trounced by Michigan, thirty-four, <laughs> thirteen. No, that's a little different because they beat they beat Oregon twice. No, I um, it is one thing. It is one thing to like beat a nine, right? On a scale of one to on a scale of one to one to ten, you beat a nine or an eight. It's another thing to be. Two nines, and then you also beat three eights. Like, there's too many road bumps in the Big Ten. Like, Rich is going to have to face D'Amelio, Austin Gomez. Uh, there's just a lot of threatening guys. Where I guess Henson has Arrington. Um, but if if Ridge has a hiccup anywhere along and you could say this about any big 10 number one but the seating gets thrown all out of whack yeah yeah and that austin gomez i mean gomez is going to go out there and let it fly every single time he steps on the mat and gomez is liable to upset anybody on planet earth at any time liable to take a loss too but the way he just lets it fly when he's out there you know you talk seating disasters and seating issues like I don't know that there's a bigger threat for that than Gomez. Yeah, you're right. Because, I mean, he's beaten Ridge before. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, you know, Ridge would be my pick. And I, with the confidence level is not as high as some of the other weights. Um, Did it go up with Shane Van Ness? going out which by the way talk about our bet that hurts me uh that kills you i was i mean you're not dead but it hurt that hurts bigly bigly i mean actually maybe maybe i'll we'll adjust the spread if um if dayton and veto go down I'll adjust the spread for you. If Dayton and Vito stay up, no, 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 opposite. If Dayton and Vito <laughs> stay up, I'll adjust the spread. If Dayton and Vito go down, we'll yeah. keep it the same because you got a, yeah. you got one there. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And th- and that's kind of like when we were talking about the predictability of it. That's why the odds are so big because you have something like that. You have Shane Van right. go out, even though Penn State could, in theory, at the beginning of the year on paper, have seven finalists. You have these things like this where for it to just for the favorite scenario or likely scenario to play out is still unlikely for all of them is is like for me, 174 is kind of next topic. Um, Aaron Brooks to me is next topic. Is 149 like. 
there's only two cats you're putting in the finals, right? I mean, nobody else is picking anybody else. Are you picking Jackson Arrington for the finals? I, I, no, I said at the beginning of the season, I expect a big jump from Jackson Arrington. Uh, and he's here. He's up number three. But I don't see him usurping Ridge or Caleb. The wild card here is cut and dry. What, you're, are you telling me that Swiderski Gomez is going to beat Henson Lovett? I just don't see it. No, I agree with you. I agree. I'm looking at the weights. I just this weight um, kind of reminds me of 33 a little bit. Better than 33 because you have, you know, you have Dylan Emilio, Swiderski, Gomez. You definitely have more depth than 33 of Vito and Fixley. And you got more still. right when you have guys like uh, Swiderski and Gomez, even a Jaden Abist. Yeah. Um, you have more scary guys. Yeah, but it definitely you know you 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 lose a Shane Van Ness. That's you feel that. Yeah. Yeah. Fifty-seven. Levi one, Frantic two, P Rob three. P Rob just took a loss. Takimer, uh, Teamer four, who just took a loss. Ed Scott five, who just took a loss. Three, four, five, all losses week. And three and five, Rob and Scott were both pretty decent upsets. Ryder Downey of Listen, North I, Iowa beat. Yep. Ryder beat Downey Peyton beat Rob. Ed Scott got beat by um, Teague Travis. A, a teamer got beat by Cody Chittum. Now, yeah. Rob, and, Rob and Ed Scott, they're massive upsets. Um, Chittum, not so much, but I, it still doesn't map to me. It still it, doesn't map. I, it's funny, I too, by the out. way. Chittum on paper is still um, like so according to intermat rankings you have Ryder Downey the 13 beating Peyton Rob the 3 whereas Chittum's the 20 beating Teamer the 4 I know I know <laughs> if you like so this is Tuesday morning the rankings will change in about 2 hours yep if you were ranking, what would you do with Rob Teamer and Scott? I don't know. It's tough. I mean, are you putting them Teamer below? Teamer and Scott now both have three losses, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's tough I, to keep them in four or five, but. Ryder Downey has four losses. Uh, if if I'm doing the rankings, I'm, I'm giving Rob a mulligan. I yeah, I think that's right. I think Rob only one loss gets a mulligan. I might even give the other two a mulligans, but you're right with them having three losses. That's problematic. And does this does in turn them now having three losses? Where does Meyer Shapiro go? Because his losses were to Cardenas and Chumbly, but. He's only got two losses. He's beat he just beat Patty Gallagher, and then I I don't know how you want to handle the Andonian one. I mean, he's got two wins over Andonian. One is an injury default. One is a major decision. Yeah, I think I think I think Meyer might go like top ten now. I think top eight. 
You got you got Andonian eight, who he's now beat twice. And I don't yeah. know that Andonian needs to fall off that much, but you, you're going to have this tier now where you have these guys with three, four losses, Teamer, Scott, Cardenas, Andonian, Luan. Yeah, yeah. So we'll okay, see. so that's the state of 157. Who is your, you know, Gen 9th midseason pick? I, I'm going with Levi, but this weight has me very excited because you have Shapiro, you have Chittam, you have these guys who, even Travis and Downey and these guys who are doing upsets, this weight so far has got to be the most exciting weight we've talked about. Given yeah. how much talent you have throughout the weight. So I think yeah. Levi's still my pick to win, but as far as weight to watch the rest of the year, this is the one where you tune into a random dual meet and you could have a very exciting 57 pound matchup. I have a really tough time not saying Peyton Rob Jacory team are final. I don't care that they lost. I just don't care. I think the two best wrestlers at the weight. Um, I think, now, I haven't said that. Levi beat him twice. Uh, yeah. If, if Levi goes undefeated, he's Levi's gonna... a safe. Levi's a safe pick. Well, and Levi's, he's undefeated this year. His last loss was in the finals last year. I don't think apart, from, you know, it's hard to it's hard to pick against him. Where. As far as NCAA finals, I feel like a lot of this, too, is going to come down to those semifinal matchups. Where do you guys well, end up ranked? And you know, We'll learn a lot because not only will they hit at Big Tens, but Peyton Robb and Frannick wrestle this week, and then Levi and Frannick duel, and Levi and Robb duel second Correct. to last week. So, so those top uh, three we'll are going to – yeah. Yeah, we'll get some clarity there. But I do think, regardless of how those dual meets play out, Big Tens and NCAAs can be completely different. With the level of talent those guys have, I think mm -hmm. we could see a completely... Like, I don't think if there's a certain result in a duel, this is still one of those weights that I think we're not going to truly know and be confident in anymore throughout the year, in my opinion. Like, if, if, if Levi beats Frannick and Rob... I still think that either of those guys could get a win or vice versa. Like there's just so much talent there that I think it's more of an iron sharps iron. Like none of those guys losing is really stocked down to me. Yeah, I know. And then, man, he got X factors. Like, I mean, what do you put Meyer? Where do you project Meyer? You know, it's tough. I think Meyer all Americans this year. Right, but can he can he crash the whole party? Can he win? No, I think he needs to do a little bit more developing. Um, could he crash the party next year? Yes. This year, I think he AAs, and depending on how he places and how he continues to develop. Well, you I, know, one thing interesting about Meyer is he, in high school, he would wrestle a tournament not compete for three months, wrestle a tournament, not compete for two months, wrestle a tournament. He's going to have a learning curve this year with a boom, 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 boom. Keep your weight down, compete every week, bang your head against the wall. Right. I mean, it's a grind. Yeah. So I agree with you. This year is going to be a learning curve for him with the structure. 
and the, and the nonstop machine gun. You, you always have a match. Uh, next year, when he has that, when he has this year under his belt, next year I, he could make jumps. The talent is already there. If you look at how he beat the living piss out of Patty Gallagher, fifteen nothing, and Patty Gallagher is good. He is a great wrestler. And I mean, he, he did the same there, thing to Bryce. But still, fifteen to nothing is not a common score. No escapes. No, I'm going to let you up and get you a takedown. Nothing. Just 15-0 blanked him. What was the score with? Uh, with Andonian? 16-4 at Cliff Keen. That was still a very impressive win, no doubt. But the 15-0 for me just, I mean. Yeah. I feel yeah, like I the, the, the Myers win over Andonian to Cliff Keen was kind of overshadowed by him losing right after it was. that. It was. But I think that, and I'm not making excuses for Meyer, I think he got rattled. I think that was more Agreed. in his head. I, I, I think he was in his own head more than, um, well, he he's a little bit limited. I don't think he's a little bit limited. I think he was overthinking things. Yeah. Again, that's that's him needing to develop and, and I think he's absolutely one of the best guys at the weight I think you know when you talk about guys like Peyton Rob, and you know obviously Levi Haynes is right there teamer is very good this weight is fun I, I think um, yeah it's it's going to be fun and, and I love that we get to see this play out over the next month or two at, as these duels yep 165, Keegan O'Toole, Isaac Olesnik, Julian Ramirez, David Carr, Cam Amin, Dean Hamidi, Mikey Caliendo, Holden Heller is number eight. That top seven's wicked. It's bananas. It, it, is, uh, it is a fun weight. Oh, that's a good weight. Mezenbrink, 12, only Mezenbrink, because he's a true. Yeah, Mezenbrink is not. That is That may be Chittam, 20, and Mezenbrink, 12. And again, I know rankings are coming out in an hour or two. Both will probably change. Those are the two well, most I'll deceptive rankings. I'll tell you. Well, it's just because he's a true freshman. No, I'll tell I, you this. Yeah. Mezen Brink will undoubtedly be at least nine. Uh, because he beat Olgin head up and Garrett Thompson lost to somebody. Uh, Mitch will be at least nine. And he's going to have Michigan and Iowa. So he's he's going to get those matches in for um, yeah. Cam Amin, ranked five, Caliendo, seven. He's going to get those matches in. Um, I don't it's think really, that's going to wrestle. But. It's an interesting way when you're looking at it through the lens of the Big Ten. Um, they don't have any of the top four. Yeah. At this current time. Is Zach, um, did he, hmm. Olesnik? Yeah, he's still undefeated, right? Yeah, he beat, uh, Hamidi at the All-Star Classic. He beat, um, Julian after Julian beat David Carr. That, that's, we, we cannot get a one and a four seed tool and car at NCAAs. Mm -hmm. We can't. Uh, that that would be criminal. 
Well, I'll say this. That'll be decided. That'll be decided. Because they're going to duel. And they're going to have big 12s. And so... So you think, in theory, Ramirez Carr could more likely be a 2-3? Yeah. Or... uh, Yes. Precisely. I just don't want O'Toole Carr on the same side of the bracket in March. Let's see who... I mean, Cornell wrestled a dynamite schedule, but with when when Julian had uh, when Julian had Cliff Keen in his rearview mirror, I don't believe he's wrestled anybody big since. Um, he's twelve and one. His only loss was Elajnik. Uh He beat David Carr. He beat Heller, but he doesn't have a whole heck of a lot of other big wins. Oh, he they duel Missouri. Cornell duel does? Missouri. Oh, yeah, yeah. January 28th. Yep. So, um, well, you know, really, that can't hurt him, though. I mean, no. win or lose there. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't drop him behind Carr or... or right. um, anybody for the time being yeah this is gonna be uh interesting wait can messenbrink go undefeated to ncaa's absolutely who can't he be in that list messenbrink schedule until big 12 a uh, big tens he has tyler lillard cam amin caleb fish Gavin Bell, Bryce Hepner, Caliendo, Anthony White, Antrell Taylor. Um, he'll beat Lillard. Uh, Lillard's hurt, so he's not even going to wrestle him. Um, he can beat Amin. He'll beat Fish. He'll beat Bell. He'll beat Hepner. I would pick him against Caliendo, and I would pick him against Antrell. So, um, so is there a shot if he goes undefeated, we see O'Toole one, Messenbrink the two. I mean, listen, O'Toole and Carr are going to wrestle a few more times. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's – and Carr, I think, got two out of the three last year. I mean, really, if you're Mitch and you're coming into the year as a true freshman, which it's always an upward – it's always an uphill battle because – in the rankings, you're starting from scratch and you have no body of work. Um, really, I think he needs to get to the three. I think, not needs, that that should be enough for him, right? To get yeah. to the three, you're feeling pretty good about yourself. Um, and, you know, O'Toole will probably be the one. Big 12 will have the one and the two, most likely. If Mesenbrink can get to the three, that'll be mission accomplished for the regular season. Yeah. No, it's it's an interesting weight. Again, now we've I feel like the weights are getting more and more fun. This is another one. You know, you, uh, you 57, have... 65 are awesome, weren't they? Yeah. And Messenbrink is really living up to to the hype. You know, I remember when he, he transferred right? over. When he transferred over, there was questions. Ken Messenbrink, will he crack the lineup? Will this and that? 
And now if you look at the and, way it's and, just played out. And really it's like uh really it's like does his freestyle success translate over to folk? Because you know, truly in high school um his his it wasn't until after high school. Right? I mean he was he took fifth here, he took that fifth at Super Thirty Two, sixth at this Fargo or something. It, it wasn't it wasn't until he beat Levi at the trials um, that he really took off, right? So the question was, is this just a freestyle thing? Or was it a developmental thing? And it, I I think it was a developmental thing. I think he blossomed late. Yeah. So yeah, this will be this will be a fun wait. For picks, I'm I'm if I don't know if we're picking or not, but I'm gonna pick David Carr. I think he's gonna rebound and, and end up winning the weight. Going out on top. That's also me. Yeah. He's got what I have a, it's tough. I know. I'm I have a hard you know the thing is Julian always knocks some people off. Like Julian I can't see I wouldn't pick right now. I wouldn't pick Julian to make the finals because you have to string them all together. But Julian can beat the best guy. <laughs> and yeah. so it could throw a monkey wrench into everything. You know what's as a crazy and I think, sidebar? I think kind of right now the same thing about Mesenbrink. I think Mesenbrink, it, like, if Mesenbrink beat Carr or Alesnik or O'Toole, my mind's not blown. My mind's not blown. No, mine's not blown. Won't pick it right now. But my mind's not blown. Same thing with Julian. If he in, beats one of those guys, my mind's not blown. But I ain't picking him to win it. Interesting sidebar. O'Toole is already qualified for the Olympic trials. If O'Toole does win here, Carr has to go to the last chance. Where I also think Chenzo's going. And anybody else at this weight. You know, brings qualified. Messenbrink's qualified. Yep. So, b interesting uh, Olympic trial implications with this weight. Yep. Yep. Because, uh, well, Keegan's already qualified. You have to win it, right? Yeah. Or you have to be a finalist. Win it. Okay. 174. Carter Starocki, next topic. Makai Lewis, Edmund <laughs> Ruth, K. Devos, Shane Griffith, who just beat Devos, Mako Whitlake, Karchla, who might not be, uh, he might be done. Karchla's and done. I don't think he has an ACL or MCL or something. I don't think he has a lot of ligaments in his knee. That's not good. Mm -mm. Confirmed. That's not good. I think he's done. This well, it's this season at least. It may be forever. This way for me is hard. Like I'm a Carter guy. <clears throat> I'm a Carter guy, so I love seeing him win and have the success. But it is kind of when a weight is so seemingly. It's kind of like Spencer Lee at 25. It's like when you have a guy who's a three-time national champ who's the favorite. 
it's hard to be excited about the weight. What, what are you hoping for here? Is the squeeze whether or not somebody can knock off Carter? Is the squeeze can Whitlake or Griffith or Lewis or Ruth AA? Of course they can. That's, does, that's where it's at. That's where it's at. I mean, but, it's, it's next topic. It's Carter Storaki, next topic. Even the All-Americans. not even a lot of juice. There's not yeah. even a lot of juice in. I, actually, there's not a lot of juice in who will AA. Right? That's I what mean, I'm saying. If you look at Mackay, like the nine Mackay down. should, Edmund should, uh, Devos maybe, Griffith should, Mako should, Whitlake should. Because who's threatening them? I mean, are they going to be threatened by Ben Pasiuk? Nico Incontrera, Phil Canigliaro, Justin McCoy? I don't I don't. But even don't if somebody so. goes on a run, even if like an Adam Kemp goes on a run, it's going to be to like get the 7-8 in All-America. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's it's not threat. like it's. Yeah, yeah. Th this is just Carter next topic right now. Yeah, it's next topic. We ain't going to spend time on it. 84, Keck Eyes and Truax. Plot, who just beat number five Fishback. Lenny Pinto is the four. Trey Munoz, the six. Trey Munoz just beat number two Bernie Truax. I Sam said, Wolf God forbid I seven. said it. God forbid I said Trey beating Bernie was an upset. <laughs> Why, did people get upset with that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's not an upset. If you've watched him in the past, listen, of course I've watched him in the past. A sixth seed or a sixth ranked guy beat a two ranked guy. It's an upset. Relax. It's an upset. <laughs> Idiots. So Bernie's going to be ranked. I don't know. What's Bernie going to be ranked? I don't think he falls too much, but I do think Trey goes up to like three, four, and then maybe Bernie five, uh -uh. somewhere in there. You don't think so? Munoz, Munoz can't. Well, he can't jump plot, and I can't jump Pinto. He might go five. He might go five. I don't know because he, Pinto he lost to what Feldkamp and Fishback. Yes, and Lenny has. I I don't know how the rankers how deep they go back, but Pinto does have <coughs> the only head to head over Munoz as well. But that was last season. I don't think that matters that much. This weight's interesting. I mean, I I, I lean Parker. I, I think he's looked great. Lean? You lean? Yeah, I lean. <laughs> Next topic to me. Really? Wow. Nobody's beating Parker. Nobody's beating Kekheisen. Ain't happening. Who did he lose to last year? Was it just Brooks at NCAAs? Uh, he lost to Hydley. Hydley at Cliff Keen. Yeah. He split with Hydley. I lean with heavy inclination. Mm -hmm. Parker. Mm -hmm. He uh, beat Munoz 5 1 last year. He beat Bernie at the All Star Classic. He pinned Hydley in the rematch in the duel. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. This, this is. I'm trying to think of – it's always fun because we say this and then somebody you wouldn't expect goes on a run. But Parker's too consistent. He works too hard. He's too far advanced. He, he's not getting beat by any of these guys. He, he looked great. We talked about it after the All-Star Classic where I said how much of that was Bernie fading at the end versus Parker's gas tank. Um. 
and it was pretty unified against me that it was more Parker than Bernie as far as that's Parker's. I don't watch Parker that often like I do. You know, I'm, I pay a lot more attention to the Big Ten, so I don't watch Parker that much. And shout out you, by the way. Not not that we're going to toot Willie's horn all day, but... Um, what I do? You went old school, like the old man you are, with a handheld camera for you and I, Wyoming. <laughs> Dude, do you know... Why you not know, just get a tripod? Why not set you know it how, You know how much I looked forward to doing it? I hated that. I hated <laughs> it. So, I, you know, I'm doing the duels. I'm, I'm, I'm set to call the duels for the day. There's three duels. You and I, Wyoming, Wyoming, Nebraska, Nebraska, you and I. And I'm driving to the arena, and I get a email. Hey, be ready. Um, the first match is at 1.30. Um, can you be there at by noon for sound check? And I said, well, yeah, I can be there at noon, but the first duel is not at 1.30. The first duel's at noon. And they said, oh, yeah, well, they're not Big Ten teams, so we're not streaming it. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, uh, nobody's going to be able to watch these matches ever again. Nobody's going to see them. You can't stream them. There's going to be no archive of them. I'm like, nah, I ain't, I ain't letting that happen. I ain't letting it happen. Even if, even if five, even if they get five views, even if they get five views, I don't care. Somebody needs to record these matches. So I got there, and I, I was, I wasn't prepared. I had a handy cam to do like interviews and stuff. Yeah. So I'm sitting there on the bench, handy cam, no tripod. I was like this for an hour and a half. Uh, you know, there's some tilting going on. Uh, but you got to do it. Can't let that go. It's a major duel. Yeah. Yeah. So shout out. Anyway. Willie. Anyway. Yeah. Parker. Parker's looking great. This weight doesn't have a whole lot that I'm excited for as far as can somebody knock off Bernie, but there is going to be still some good duels. The, the talent here is kind of evenly spread out where you have, Big 12, Big 10, Big 12, Big 10, ACC, Pac-12, Big 12, EIWA, Big 12, Big 10. Like, the top 10 is pretty spread out. So, it, it kind of, when you start talking conference duels, I mean, we're, we're probably going to get, we're going to get, look. So, Bernie Pinto will no, yeah, Bernie Pinto will happen. Yep, that'll be a good one. We'll get Plot and uh, Kai Kezin in a couple weeks. That'll be a right. good one, one versus three. That'll be a real good match. Yep, yep. and uh, let's see. You know, Sam Wolf has a lofty um, number seven ranking. I think he beat Foca, maybe Foca Enfeld camp at Cliff Keen. Um but he should have some duels. Let's see if he has anything tough before Big 12s. Uh, he will have Kyan Short, Bennett Berge. Oh, my God. Despite being in the Big 12, he is not going to hit anybody else. He's not going to have to have a rematch with Feldkamp or Munoz. 
or wow. Feldkamp or Whiting or right the the top or Plot or Keckeisen. Wow, Wolf is going to have a, a great seat up Big Twelves. Yeah, it's going to be a great tournament with Wolf, Plot, Keckeisen, Feldkamp. Yep. Yep. All right, 197, Aaron Brooks. Stephen Buchanan looked really good. He's number two. Uh, Rocky Elam, the three. Trent Heidley, the four. Why is Trent Heidley four? He's Jackson 15 Smith. 15-0. 15-0. Oh. Oh. I guess the new weight. I don't know. But why is Brooks the one then? Returning three-time national champ. I know, but Trent Heidley's... Trent Heidley's placings are better than Steven Buchanan's and Rocky Elam's. I feel like those three-time national champs, when was the last time Brooks took a loss? That's kind of got to give some weight there. What? No, I'm saying I'm not I'm not arguing that Brooks should be one. I'm arguing that Heidley should be ahead of Buchanan and Elam. Ah, got it, got it, got it, got it. You know what I mean? Like, Heidley's placing is... Much better than Buchanan, you know. Um, anyway, and he's 15 and 0. Uh, Jackson Smith is a five, Tanner Sloan is six, Cardenas seven, Paz eight, Beard nine. This is a fun weight, even when you keep going down, even when you keep going, Silas Allred, Luke Serber, Luke Serber has really come on, Stephen Little, Louis Dupre back in the mix, maxed out 15. Beard uh, lost to Heidley. Beard lost to Hydley. Okay. At uh, Journeyman. So, man, Beard is at the nine. And there's uh, only Cardenas from the EIWA ahead of him at seven. Man, Beard needs to ho- Beard needs guys to have losses. Beard needs to beat Cardenas and hope for a couple guys to lose for him to get, I don't know, into the... Five six range. Yeah, I mean Cardenas has two losses, but it's to Tanner Sloan and Trent Hydley, who what four yeah. and six. But yeah, this this is a fun weight. This is a it's um, really fun. I poo pooed on one ninety seven for years. Now do it was you terrible and heavyweight yeah. and heavyweight? But uh, they are two, two of the funnest weights right now. Do you think we're going to see any additions to one ninety seven? What are you getting at? What are you getting at? <laughs> Do you what think... are you getting at? <laughs> is there oh, Ferrari? Be... <laughs> Ferrari? No. He ain't wrestling this year. I I love your <laughs> the video of, of Ferrari in the car and you just screenshot it. <laughs> You're like so many questions or so, so many questions. <laughs> and the thing is, AJ himself retweeted it. Uh, yeah. AJ, love him or hate him, AJ understands publicity and leveraging it. And AJ is playing into growing his brand. And I was talking to somebody this morning that I said, listen, personally, if I'm AJ or if I'm in AJ's corner, I'm going, I'm advising him to go right into MMA. You can play the villain. You can play the bad guy. You can play the good guy. You can let the fans. You think he's? You think he's better cut out for MMA or? I think um, WWE. I, MMA. I, I think 
WWE requires a level of mental training for reading scripts, acting, like that side of wrestling that you usually... You have to be an actor. You have you, to be an actor. You usually see people develop what I've seen through their 20s and then kind of start hitting WWE. It's why you see somebody like Jacob Casper, who's one of the most athletic beasts around. Jacob Casper's a superstar. In my opinion, he's a star. He is. But look at, I don't know how old he is, but like it took years of developing that. And I think that's why you're seeing Gable. You know, Gable's a bit younger than most of them going into WWE. Going into WWE so young is hard. And one of the reasons it's hard if you're AJ or even Gable is here Gable rose to stardom in wrestling and then was kind of knocked back down to reality where what you are in Olympic wrestling, collegiate wrestling compared to the WWE ladder is you can be the biggest guy in Olympic wrestling and that translates to the bottom of the ladder with WWE because you're now in buckets with The Rock, John Cena. Like, that's that's the ladder. So, Ferrari being so young, if he wants to fight, I would say go to MMA because there's a lot of good guy, bad guy, and the MMA fans will eat that up. WWE, I feel like it takes a lot longer to develop. And being so young, if he was not going to wrestle college... I don't I think you're wrong. I, I think I think I think you're probably spot on uh, with the development thing. I just don't think AJ's cut out for f- throwing hands. It, it might be. I don't know. Like the past year, I, I've seen on his social media doing MMA, you know, training MMA. So that leads me to believe he wants to, if nothing else, try it out. Which is why I would say that. I don't. And think I, any- I'm not. I'm not. I'm not poo-pooing AJ. I'm not yeah. saying he can't fight. I'm saying, like, Jordan Burrow's not cut out for MMA. I mean, it's just not his gig, you know? I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I get it. That, that I think with the way AJ is, his personality is is spot on for MMA. It's very hard to have that big of a personality in wrestling especially with everything he's gone through, it's just going to be tough. Like he's, he's gone through a lot these last couple of years, whether it's self-induced or whatever is a completely different story. But for, you know, I've seen stories saying he should red shirt or, you know, go freestyle and then college wrestling for two, three years. I don't know in what world people think AJ Ferrari sticking around for college wrestling for the next I, three you years. You know, I hear mixed things. I, I hear that Maybe. AJ wants to wrestle. I hear AJ wants to wrestle for two, three years in college. And I'm like, I, I oh, heard that like, too. Yeah. You're only like three years, four years into this. Uh, and now you're going to sit out another year. Just, I mean, if I was him, I'd get all of my life. Honestly, you already won. He won one as a true freshman. I mean, why, why do you want to be confined to, why do you want to be confined to rules, regulations, codes, and uh, stuff like that when you could, you could go a different route and start making money and and well, be a I pro. Think, I think he can still make money because now there's really it's the wild wild west as far as he can do whatever he wants with his brand and then leverage the college athletic spotlight. But if you're going into anything else, MMA, WWE, whatever, the spotlight's even bigger. But you know, it it is going to be interesting. You know, the dynamic with 
his brothers and you know i've been seeing things that the the father wants to try to keep them all together if possible which can make things you know complicated so i don't know it we'll see how it plays yeah, out yeah you know i uh keeping them all together i get it i get family i i you know the one thing that um the ferraris kind of preach and it is like family we're brothers we stay together and and that's a big thing and i love that i i i mean not to get sidetracked here but i see the dissolution of family like i'm a family guy right so i get that part but at the same time in 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 the Ferrari situation, maybe it's just not realistic, right? Like, some they don't. If Iowa doesn't want to let AJ in, then the kids should do what they want independently. Yeah, no, I agree. Obviously, I understand if I'm a father in an ideal scenario, having my three sons wrestle at the same school. I get that in an ideal situation. I feel like we're past that being the possibility. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think AJ's, I mean, signs right now point to no AJ this year. Um, classes start at Iowa, the 16th. Classes start at other places. If he was to go to other, you know, another school, um, they start very soon or have already started. So something that has to, we're going to find out in a week if and AJ in 2024 is a thing. He didn't do um he did do a podcast Clash of Combat last night. I didn't watch it yet. I don't know if you did. I didn't watch it yet either. Uh I need to from what I heard it doesn't sound like there were any answers. Yeah. Which would make sense. He's going to hold his, you know, hold his cards close to his chest. I, no, it doesn't make sense. It does not make sense. Well, what doesn't I'm, make sense? It, it doesn't make sense that it doesn't make sense that what, after, what after you... Soldier Salute, it doesn't make sense that after Soldier Salute, there was a pool of reporters in front of Tom Brands and nobody asked him a question well, about A.J. Ferrari. Nobody well, asked him a question about A.J. Ferrari. It doesn't make sense since Southern Soldier Salute happened that nobody has asked Tom Brands anything. Nobody has asked A.J. Ferrari anything. It doesn't make sense that A.J. Ferrari went on a podcast and they did not flat out say, what are your intentions? That's just poor journalism. Well, okay. Two, two different things here. I didn't know I was going to get Willie Unleashed, so I'm glad we finally tapped what in. Are we, what are we doing? The well, whole world of- is wondering. The whole world is wondering how Tom Brands feels about AJ, how AJ feels about Iowa, where I, where AJ might wrestle if Tom wants to go. Ask Tom. These okay, guys but- had AJ on a podcast and failed to ask him the question. Hold on, your disdain for reporters not asking Brands is a separate issue here. I agree with you. I, and I understand why they didn't do it. I don't think it's right, but they're all scared of brands and being outed. So they don't do it. That's a well, huge mess. Then they're, scared of being, then they're scared of being a real journalist. I, I agree with you. I'm just talking about this clash of combat interview and I didn't hear it yet. So I don't know. I know they talked about soldier salute. I don't, I didn't hear it yet. But what I'm saying is I don't know if AJ in totality knows what he's doing. So how is he not going to hold that close to his chest until he finalizes that? You're telling me you you're telling me right now that that Tom that that the University of Iowa didn't tell AJ if he's in or not. That's 
there's no way that's the case. There's no way. If 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 the Iowa AD has said AJ's not coming here, right. I don't I don't know that AJ wants that out there because it lowers his value. If schools know he can't go to Iowa, that now lowers the bar for what they have to pay. If if he takes Iowa off the table, look at his video on Instagram. He said, I will offer me a BMW M8. Who's going to give me a Ferrari? If he comes out and says the BMW is off the table, you're not getting the Ferrari. You're getting a Honda Civic now. So I don't think he's going to. I don't think he's going to show his true cards until he's done negotiating. Fair enough. I'm not saying it's it's right. I'm saying okay. that's that that might be that might be fair. That is a very good point. The brands thing I agree but, with you 100. percent But as a journalist, you're not asking the question. I didn't listen. You're to the not podcast asking the question. Yet. The question wasn't even asked. I was watching Michigan Washington. Okay, I didn't watch it yet. I was watching the Michigan Wolverines. 34-13. I didn't, I didn't watch it either. But apparently, he didn't. They didn't ask. Okay, I well, gotta go watch it for myself. Maybe I'm spouting off about nothing, but uh, from, <laughs> the, from the chatter I heard on message boards and stuff, yeah. they didn't even ask. Well, here's the other possibility: Did it get asked and get caught? Because there was a, I saw Minio say that it was coming out at seven, and then he shared a screenshot that said, "Unfortunately, we have to delay." So there's there is the potential they asked it and it got cut. I don't know. It's just a possibility. Well, who who knows? I mean, it might be amateur hour. All right. I mean, if you say, "Hey, AJ, what's the plans? Are you going to go to Iowa or are you going to go somewhere else?" And if you're AJ, you say, "To be determined." All right. So why do you have to cut that? I, I don't know, Willie. You're very passionate about this. <laughs> I, I just because only in wrestling, only in wrestling do we have these. Can we phone a friend? Knows. Can we phone a friend nobody and get knows. felters? Can we phone a friend and get nope. felters on the line? <laughs> he don't know. He's 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 uh he's beefing. He's beefing with the the Iowa program. Oh boy! All right, two eighty five. <laughs> Greg Kirkfleet, the one. Hendrickson to younger Bastida. I, you know, mm. I, I did make a mistake there. My graphic, I did say Bastida upsets Schultz in my head. I was thinking Schultz is still the three. He is not the three. That is not an upset. That is one place that they were correct, but I don't know. I, I still mean, think just eyeball test. Be Schultz viewed is as an upset. Correct. Wait, that, why, why can it not be viewed as a, uh, listen, I don't, who cares about the rankings? You have a zero-time AA in his second year of college wrestling against a perennial All-American. Yeah. No, it, and that's why like, I wasn't even really thinking about it. I had thought Schultz was higher, but, yeah, Schultz. I don't know about Colton Schultz. Kirk Fleet, one. Hendrickson, two. Younger, three. Davison, four. Schultz, five. Elam, six. Slavikuski, seven. Kate Gadiali, eight. I love seeing Kate Gadiali that high. Dayton Pitts are nine. Nathan Taylor, ten. It's a fun way. Um, 
it's a fun way. I think right now you probably, you know, after Younger beat Davison and Schultz, I think you I think you have a tier. I think Kirkley, Hendrickson, Bastida is one tier, don't you think? A hundred percent. And I think too, we should see Wyatt Younger at Big Twelves, and we should see Kirkley at Davison likely at Big Tens. It's uh, it's kind of weird because like Kirkfleet is ginormous and athletic. Hendrickson is a decent size and athletic, and Younger is smaller and athletic. So you got you got these guys with sort of the same traits and same styles, not same styles. But they're all kind of offensive-minded. Kirkley takes a lot of shots. Hendrickson's very active. Younger takes a lot of leg attacks. These aren't your grandpa's heavyweights that are pushing and pulling and looking for drags and stuff, right? And yeah. bear-hugging. Um, these are guys, these are active. Oh, my God. I almost, I almost said active shooters. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're, yeah. they're, they're entertaining heavyweights. They're active heavyweights. Um but they're all like different sizes. Uh, so I think that's a tier. Then you have Davison, Schultz, Elam, all guys who have AA before and then knocking on the door and of the next tier. I mean, Schultz made a final. Um, so I think there's a lot of intrigue here. I think there's a lot of intrigue, including, okay, I think you have Greg Kirkfleet, who everybody's going to take to, at minimum, make the finals, right? Then you have who's going to make the finals opposite him, Hendrickson or Bastida. So there's one question. Who who will win that? Those, who's going to make the finals win? That's my two big questions is, you know, we're probably not going to – I don't think we see Wyatt Bastida until potential Big 12 finals. So it's who who can win there? And I, I can make the argument for either one. Bastida has come up and looked incredible. Wyatt Hendrickson going back to last year has been so dominant, only taking a loss to Kirk Fleet. Um, so the question is, can Wyatt or Younger, who who wins that at Big 12s? And then do we see that again? And by the way, Zach Elam, too. Can he take one of those two out? Because Zach Elam, very good. Also 14-0. and 0. Yeah, so that is, that, is a, that is an interesting thing because if Hendrickson – so Kirkfleet's going to be the one seed at Big 10s and the one seed at National. I mean, he's not getting – He's not getting beat by Davison, I don't think. And I love I, – everybody knows. Lucas, you know I love you. Um, I don't see – I don't see Kirkfleet even being threatened in the Big Ten, okay? So then you have Hendrickson and Bastida. They don't wrestle till Big 12s. If, if Elam doesn't upset one of them and it's Hendrickson, Bastida in the finals, they are going to be the 2-3. Correct. Right? So we, we could likely see that two three again as an NCAA semifinal potentially. I mean, in a, in a in a way, in a way. I mean, all signs point to right now, two eighty five being the easiest NCAA seed projections of any weight in the country. Kirkfleet's gonna be the one. Tell me a scenario in which Kirkfleet isn't a one. Tell me a scenario in which Hendrickson Bastida isn't the two three. Unless Elam causes an upset. I mean, it's a pretty straightforward weight. Yeah. No, I agree. And so then it's going to be, you know, if if we agree that Wyatt Younger, a likely 2-3, 
can that winner beat Greg? And I, I'm picking Greg, um, but that's kind of the storyline. But, I, yeah. You realize, I, I just can't get over this. Penn State, Kirk Fleet's the only heavyweight on the roster. Is he really? Which, I mean, that's just like a side note. But I just, it's like, blows my mind. He's literally the only heavyweight on the roster. That's crazy. Yeah. And 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 yet he's got one of the best rooms in the country for upper weight training partners. Yes, he does. <laughs> but the only heavyweight they have coming in is Marisola, who's very light at the moment. So um, all the eggs are in the Marisola basket right now. Yeah. Yeah. So that's 285. Um, team, what do you think for team-wise? It's been an interesting first half of the year. Um, and, and it's funny how different, you know, Intermat has both the dual rankings and the tournament rankings. And, you know, obviously Penn State sits, the, sits on top of both. But then it's crazy how different it is. Because then for mm -hmm. duels, you have Iowa, Missouri, Nebraska, 2-3-4. And you have NC State, Nebraska, Michigan, the two, three, four for tournament. Yeah. I said, I said the beginning of the year, uh, I think when I did my first crystal ball, um, the race for the podium is going to be as cool as ever. It's going to yeah. be really, I mean, Penn state next topic, but then there's going to be a really neat team race, um, for the next three spots. And it really goes like eight, 10 schools deep from NC state down to, Arizona State or Ohio State. Uh, there's a lot of teams that could take third if they, you yeah. know, things break right for them. Yeah, no, I agree. I wish we were getting Penn State, NC State dual meet this year. That would be a fun one. It would. So they're one, two in the tournament rankings, one, seven in the dual rankings. We do get Penn State, Iowa. We do not get Penn State, Missouri. We get Penn State, Nebraska. That's one four. Uh, we get Cornell, Missouri. The three eight. Um, so yeah, there's some big duels coming up. I cannot wait. I, you know what's the worst, is that I love. I'm doing seminary, Wyoming seminary, number one in the nation against number two. Blair Academy live on Mass Scouts Friday night, but at the same time. That's Penn State, uh, Nebraska-Iowa. Brutal. That's this, that's this weekend, isn't it? Oh, yeah. We're already in mid-January. This is crazy. Are I'll we tell you what. That, that's that's um, Nebraska. Nebraska-Iowa is in need of a full breakdown. Whiteboard more, whatever you want. That's going to be a dandy. What does WrestleStat currently have the duel at? Russell Stett has Nebraska over Iowa, 18-16. Is that right? Yeah, I'll now, run through it real quick. They... they say Caleb Smith over Drake Ayala at 25. Teske That's over Vail. That's up. I don't like the way. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's break it down. Make our picks down. Uh, I go Drake if, there. If you asked me before last weekend, I would have said – 50-50. I, I think Caleb got to clean some stuff up. I think 
he has to be a little bit more offensive. I will go Drake at this time. Drake beat him last year head to head, five two. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. yep. Um then they have Teske over Van D. That was that a just back happened. And, that was a back and forth match at Soldier Salute. Um I think Van D can win. It's very it's very evident. It was very obvious that Van D has the ability to win that yeah, match. Yeah, 5-4 match two weeks ago. Yeah, Van D got the first takedown. Uh, Teske got his own and won the match. Um, so that's a that's a sort of a coin flip match. I'm going to go Iowa again. Um, yeah. and like, like, can Van D do it? Yes. Can Caleb Smith do it? Yes. But until I see it, give me Teske. Yep. And then they got Real Woods over Brock Hardy, which I think is the obvious pick. You know, that was a real close match at Big Tens last year, but you obviously go real. So I got nine zero. Um, they got Ridge Lovett winning over Caleb at uh, forty nine. Yeah, give me four there. Nine four. Ooh, spicy. Spicy. Funny enough, WrestleStat has the decision ten three, one point away from mm-hmm. bonus. Um, and then yeah, I I just think with three point takedowns now and rigid ability to turn. This next match gets really fun. Pate, WrestleStat has Peyton Rob over Jared Frannick, 6-5 is their prediction. He beat him last year. Obviously, Peyton's not optimized the, right they're now. They're 1-1. He, one he just lost to Downey. Yeah, but that one was Frannick. Well, didn't Peyton Rob have a flesh-eating disease when Frannick won that match? I don't know what point the flushing disease came to life, but it was at NCAA's overtime match 3-1, yeah. Yeah, so Peyton beat him flesh. when he didn't have a flesh beating disease. <laughs> so give me Peyton. So give me 9-7 okay. at the break. Yep. And then we got Kelly Endo over Taylor as the WrestleStat prediction. Okay, 12-7. I, I agree with that, although I do think Antrell has the ability. Yep. Patrick Kennedy over Bubba Wilson at 174. They that's got a, a major for Kennedy. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, they, they got a major here. That's not that's not going to happen. But um, I I think Bubba Wilson can win the match. But again, give me more proven guy. I say I say more proven, but Bubba Wilson had a really good NCAs last year. Um, Bubba Wilson, just he's so inconsistent. He's so good, but he's so inconsistent. Entirely inconsistent. I mean, he was a 57-pounder, and then he couldn't beat P-Rob. And then he was a 65-pounder, and now he can't beat Antrell. And now he's a 74-pounder. And so he's way out of his weight class. But he's a gamer. He's a dog. He works hard as hell. Um, like last I year. Just think, I, I just mean, think look- he'll fight. I just think he'll fight Kennedy. He won't. He won't quit. He won't get dogged. And so I think it's a regular decision. Um, we're at fifteen. We're at fifteen seven. Eighty four. Lenny Pinto over Aiden Riggins by Techfall. Lenny Pinto. Lenny Pinto. Oh, I think this is a six or. Four match, yeah. Right, like if Lenny, Lenny could pin him. Now, just give me three. Just give me three, Lenny, 
15-10. Okay, now we got the prediction Silas Allred over Zach Glazier or AJ Ferrari. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Silas against two Glazier. I'll take yeah. Silas 15-13. Yeah, they got they got a major for for all red, and then eighty five is eighty five is. I don't know. I don't agree with this. They got Hill over Nash. Give me the polar bear. Hill will win. You think so? Hill will win sixteen fifteen Huskers. Wow, it's gonna be a so you're not far off. Way. I mean, they have they have eighteen sixteen Nebraska over Iowa. Yeah, we have a lot of different things, though. But, uh, you know, does Gabe Arnold wrestle? Does the polar bear get a W? What if this... Nash Hotmacher will beat Brad Hill. Nash Hotmacher will beat... Yeah, no, I thought you said Hill gets the W. Yeah, no, I think Nash wins here. No. Nash Hotmacher will beat... Bradley Hill. The question is, will he beat Ben Keeter? Oh, ooh, do they? Does Keeter wrestle? Does Keeter? Does Keeter, wrestle? Wrestle? Does Keeter I mean, weigh in this I weekend? Think if, I think if I think if um, Gabe wrestles eighty four, I think if Gabe wrestles eighty four, I think the the best lineup for Iowa is Gabe wrestling eighty four and Keeter wrestling heavyweight. Yeah, imagine uh, if it frankly, comes to, I, what frankly, comes, I think they they need it because if they it, I gave I gave Iowa all the coin flips. I mean, I truly feel like Drake Iola is the pick. I truly feel like Teske is the pick. But yeah, uh, if they got to have both of them. They got to have both of them, and if they don't, um, they're going to need Gabe, and they're going to need a win at heavyweight. They're going to need their best option. Now, I'm not in the room. I don't know. I don't. Maybe Brad Hill beats Ben Keeter. I don't know. Ben just got took his cleats off. Um, but I would imagine Ben's the better chance to beat Hubbacher. Does this duel come down to Nash in Nebraska? How exciting would that be? It would be really cool. It would be a really cool packed house. You know what? I was there for the um, UNI duel, uh, Wyoming duel, and, dude, half the football team was there. Matt Rule was signing autographs. Matt Rule was on the floor. It was really cool. Yeah. And and that was, you know, a Saturday tri-meet with Wyoming. Um this is going to be prime time on TV against the Iowa Hawkeyes. I bet you, I bet you, a lot of the football uh, community goes. Yeah, they went last week, didn't they? A lot of the football players. Yep. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, that's uh, that's a midseason preview. Oh, what is this? Um, sorry. That's a midseason preview. That's a Nebraska Iowa look. We got the Zagreb Open ranking series tomorrow. That's going to be exciting. Um, hey, you know something came through. Um, I got an email from UWW that said, "Watch Zagreb Open on UWW Plus." 
UWW Plus, I believe, is only for non-US. I believe Flow still has the exclusive for the US. Ah, 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 gotcha. They probably should have targeted that email a little bit better to non-US. Uh... But yeah, UWW is non-US residents. So I gotcha. guess you could VPN into Germany and buy UWW Plus. <laughs> yeah. That is a possibility. All right. Well, yeah. let's start. Let's let's increase the frequency of the shows now that we're going to start having more regularity with who's competing and when. We're in the thick of it now. Yeah. Yep. Now it's go time, buddy. Now we do it regularly. A little less Fortnite, a little more podcasting. I'm going right to Fortnite right now. I actually. know you are. I know you are. <laughs> and and crypto trading. Don't forget that too. Oh yeah. All right. Oh yeah. That's a show. all right, my man. All right, guys. See you, brother. See ya. And the beat goes on.